let's pray as we look to the Lord and to his word. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. We thank you that you are the one constant in our lives of change. You are the one that sustains us through every trial and every challenge. And you're the one to comfort us in every season of grief. We thank you, Lord, that you had patience with us and you drew us to yourself with cords of loving kindness. Help us, Lord, to be more like you. Help us reflect your nature, your character, to the lost and the hurting around us. Speak to us today. Touch us by your spirit and use us for your glory. We present ourselves to you and we desire that you would speak to our hearts and transform us more into the image of Jesus. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been going through the fruit of the Spirit, and uh, today we're talking about patience. Uh, there's a phrase that I heard growing up, patience is a virtue. It normally meant that I was doing something a little bit rambunctious or like too anxious about something, and I didn't really know what it meant. But do you know that it has its root in Christian tradition? And um, when we say patience is a virtue, we're basically saying God's character is to be long-suffering or to be patient. And we're to choose God's character. We're to have his patience. Um, in 2 Peter uh, chapter 3, verse 9, it actually, uh, Peter says about the Lord, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, meaning he's not slow to do it, but he's long-suffering. And we're going to see as we uh, talk today that this word long-suffering and patience, they're connected. He's long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Um, I myself counted at least 10 times that I should have died before I became a believer. And I'm really thankful that the Lord was long-suffering because uh, I even had like a police officer and paramedics when they arrived on the scene and the truck that I was driving was upside down off of the highway on a frontage road. They looked at me and they said, who is in there? I said, I was in there. And they said, you should be dead. And uh, when you realize that God is not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance and as he's patient with us, then you can really have thankfulness in your heart. Another translation of the same verse says, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Uh, some of you have heard of a person named George Mueller. He kept a prayer journal. He originally was from Germany. Uh, he was wayward and people were praying for him and he became a believer. And he was so radically transformed that he went to England and he started a ministry where he was helping uh, kids on the street understand the gospel and then started multiple orphanages. He made a list from the beginning of his conversion of all of his friends and he would pray for them day by day. And he would slowly uh, say, yeah, that one became a believer, that one uh, has not yet become a believer. At the end of his life, there were still some people that had not become believers. But you know what? After he died, those people did become believers. And it just reminds us, God is not slow to fulfill his promise. Maybe George Mueller thought, when is that person going to repent? He lived, I think, into his upper 80s, if I remember correctly. 
But God's not slow to fulfill his promise. But he's patient towards us, not wanting that any person would perish, but that all would come to repentance. And maybe uh, people in your family are not walking so closely with the Lord. Don't give up hope. Be patient in the process. The worst thing that we can do as believers is start to pressure people in regards to their spiritual walk. We need to pray for them. We need to encourage them. But we should never like look down upon them and say, why aren't you going to do this? I'm expecting you to do it. Right. God is long suffering and he wants us to be like him. And that's why we're studying the fruit of the spirit. We've talked about God's love, joy, peace. Today, in various translations of Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, some say patient, others say long-suffering. Um, in the Greek, it's actually correct to say long-suffering. And it comes from two words, macro meaning long or large, and uh, thumos, which means uh, the soul, the temper, the passion, meaning the emotions. And it's also kind of the same root for heat. Right. So we have a thermometer and the thumos is connected that way. And so uh, one Bible translator, he put it in this way um, in regards to Second Peter, chapter three, verse nine. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us. And he says this word in Greek reflects being steadfast or having staying power. If in English we had an adjective, adjective uh, long-tempered as a counterpart to short-tempered, then this word in Greek would be what we would say being long-tempered, meaning that you're very patient. Uh, you're not going to get overwhelmed by the discouragements of life, and you're going to reflect the nature of God. God himself um, describes himself in this way in a beautiful passage of Scripture in the book of Exodus, chapter 34, verse 6, the Lord says to Moses, And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. I like to think of each aspect of the Lord's character. And then you kind of compare how well you're doing, right? And um, I was thinking back uh, yesterday and this morning about our time in Nigeria. Martin and I lived for almost a year in Nigeria. Uh, the whole time, we didn't have a refrigerator. And uh, we were sleeping on the floor on a thin mattress. And one time we went 19 days with no electricity. And you really see if you're long-suffering <laughs> in a situation like that. Uh, most of the time, we would either get water from a well or when they would bring electricity, they would pump water up into a tank, and then you would uh, use that to bathe and flush the toilet. And it was a challenge. But you know what? The Lord taught us to be patient. And I just want to say, in America, things are pretty easy. But Americans, we complain a lot. And that shouldn't be the case, right? Paul says, do all things without complaining in Philippians. And so it is helpful, you know, like Kate mentioned, uh, people from YWAM going into different countries. Um, Dave mentioned that he had been in India and you were basically, you know, sleeping on the ground, uh, going to the restroom in a hole in the ground. And it is very helpful to see how much we have in comparison to other people. And to remember, God doesn't want us to be complaining. 
And if something doesn't go right, it just reminds us that we're to be long-suffering. And um, we need to trust God. In difficulties, are you trusting God or are you getting angry? Right? That's the real test. And most of us, we're pretty quick to be angry. But this, the scripture tells us, be slow to anger. Uh, when we get angry, we bring stress to ourselves, but to everybody around us. And God doesn't want us to reflect those worldly uh, ways of dealing with problems. We need to choose God's character. We need to choose patience. Um, and then the reality is, is that God wants us to trust him to have his power to be patient. I like this passage uh, in 2 Peter chapter 1. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. So it says, in the knowledge of God, we have been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. And godliness means to be like God. So as we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, there are attributes of who God is and how he wants to work those in our lives. And then it says again, we have been given exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Now, if that wasn't the word of God, it would almost seem like too much, right, to think that we could partake in God's nature. But that's exactly what he wants to happen. It says we're being transformed from glory to glory into the image of Jesus. And uh, here we're told that it's not by our strength, right? Our power to overcome is from God. Twice it says that we have this divine power through knowing God. And um, that means that the more we understand who God is, the more we're going to be like God. And the more we're going to experience his power, his glory, and his virtue. So, you know, patience is a virtue. What does that mean? Virtue means God's moral excellence and goodness, right? So patience is part of who God is. It's a part of his excellent moral character. And it says in that passage, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. So he calls us. He wants us to be more like him. He wants us to have his character, but he also empowers us. So uh, the reality is, is that God throughout the scripture is long suffering and he wants us to reflect who he is. Uh, God's moral excellence and nature is patience. God is long-suffering. Aren't you happy for that? Uh, there's many times that we deserve judgment, right? But God gives us mercy in his long-suffering character. So the question is, are you connected to God, right? If you're in a close relationship with God, you're going to be more like him. Are you long-suffering? You know, are you a person that gets angry easily? Or are you a person that has patience through difficulty? The scripture says, and it's one of the most beautiful phrases, love suffers long 
and is kind. Yeah. Does your love suffer a long time? <laughs> Normally, if we're getting what we expect, right, our love is pretty kind. But what about when things don't go the way that we want them to go? Someone might say, uh, I could never be as patient as God. Well, that's true. But God doesn't want us to try to perfect ourselves. What does he want us to do? He wants us to die to ourselves that he can live through us and work through us. That's why I think when Jesus says in Luke's gospel, chapter 9, that if you want to be his disciple, what do you have to do? You have to die, and the translation that I have, it says daily, right? You have to choose not to be in control. If you have control issues, you're probably not a very patient person, wouldn't you agree? And it's because you want it to happen on your time and the way that you want it to be fulfilled. But God wants us to die to ourselves that he can work through us. Back in that passage in 2 Peter, um, it says, His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, that through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, we have been given exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. So the concept is that God wants us to be like him, to partake of his nature. And he gives us power to do it. He wants us to share and understand his glory and his virtue. And the reality is there's nothing stronger than God's power. Right? Sometimes people think, well, if you knew all of my difficulties or if you knew my past, you would understand why I struggle this, with this so much. But in reality, if God's doing it through his power, we need to remember that there is nothing stronger than his power. Not our failures, not our challenges of life. He's given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. I like that, right? All things. He's not leaving us... Uh, lacking of any good thing, that we would be partakers of his nature. And that includes patience. So if you struggle in that area, then you need to look to the Lord. You need to pray. He goes on to say, um, speaking about the character of a believer connected to God, but for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control, patience, to patience, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Um, I remember we were in Ukraine and I was teaching on this passage and I thought about making borscht. Do you know what that is? It's uh, red beet cabbage soup. And I just thought, you know, you keep putting one ingredient in, another ingredient in, until you get all the ingredients in. And then as they cook, right, it comes up with the complete soup that tastes so good. And God wants to keep putting this ingredient, this character, this attribute of who he is into our life until our life is like a sweet fragrance of who Jesus is. I love the fact that God wants us to live in victory and he wants us to express his character. So the question is, why do so many believers live on a lower level, right? Why do so many believers kind of express themselves that they're struggling? One is because they're trusting in their own strength. But the scripture says, uh, don't rely upon your own strength, but in all of your ways, acknowledge God, and he will direct your path. 
Um, they forget God's promises. And we just said that he's given us exceedingly great and precious promises. You know, the times that I struggle the most is when I think that I'm too busy to keep God's word in my heart. And I've mentioned it before. Martin and I, we've traveled so many times. A lot of times you wake up like at two in the morning to leave the house at three to get to the airport at four. And you kind of think, well, just don't have the time to read the Bible today. But then what happens? You're going through the stress of the airports, the traffic, uh, the passport control and all of that. And then all of a sudden you reflect some aspect that isn't good, right? You put pressure on the other person because you haven't fed yourself spiritually. And one of the reasons that we live on a lower level is because we haven't taken those promises into our heart. And we need to make sure that we're doing that and we're doing it daily. And the other reason is that we follow the model of the world instead of God's character. But let's remember God's plan for us. His divine power, right? There's nothing lacking in his power. So we really have no excuse has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. So as we learn more about God, he's going to bring us more into the realization of what his glory and virtue is. And as we keep his promises that are exceedingly great and precious, we are going to be partakers of the divine nature. God promises us patience, not an absence of trials. Right? And sometimes God allows us in the trial so that other people will see who he is. But we don't like that, do we? We want to be freed from the trial. When um, I was a new believer, uh, Greg Glory was doing a Monday evening uh, evangelistic Bible study in the church that uh, Martin and I were a part of. And he had a great way of putting things. And one of the things that he used to say is that if God has you in a test right now and you jump to get out from those circumstances, it's like taking a cake out of the oven before it's baked. The only way to get the cake finished is to do what? Put it back in the oven. And so if you jump from the test because you don't want to go through that trial, God's just going to bring it back to you in your life in another time. And that's true in the biblical narrative as well. You see many people that try to do something in their own strength like David, right? He didn't like his circumstances. He took things in his own power. And just over time, the Lord brought it back where he had to deal with it. He sent the prophet Nathan to convict David. So be careful. Uh, the scripture says, my fellow believers, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. That's really hard. I don't think any of us are very good at that, right? Counting it joy when we go through trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work. That's what I'm kind of mentioning, right? That if you try to remove yourself from the difficult circumstance without seeing God's solution, you're not allowing patience to have its perfect work. It says, let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So the question is, is God's Spirit at work in you? Are you moved by your challenges, or are you allowing God to transform you to overcome those challenges? And I thought about a firefighter. Um, you know, let patience have its perfect work. Um, the firefighter puts water right onto the flame to extinguish the flame. 
But if we use anger, it's like pouring gasoline on it. It only makes it worse. And um, we've dealt with people that have used alcohol as a form of an escape. And I always tell people, if you use alcohol to try to escape your problem, you might forget about it while the alcohol clouds your mind, but the problem doesn't go away, right? And you, over time, you only compound the problem by adding to it because you have now the negative effects of the alcohol or the drugs. And so God wants his patience to do something perfect in us. And we have to remember like the Holy Spirit is illustrated in the scripture as water, right? Life-giving water. And God will extinguish our challenge, our problem, if we trust him to do so. But so many of us were so quick to become angry when the scripture says, be slow to be angry. So be careful. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit is patience. Is God's Spirit at work in you? Um, now I just want to finish with three ways we can test ourselves to see whether or not God's Spirit is working patience in us. The first is patience with people, right? Um, and most of us, that's the big challenge, isn't it? Uh, we expect the person to be like this. They're not quite like that, and so we're not patient. But uh, we need to be patient with people, and the scripture says both with unbelievers and with believers. Um, the passage in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14 says, We urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with this phrase. Listen, be patient with everyone. Right? That's not so easy, is it? Um, I've interacted with homeless people, and I'm sure that some of them have mental problems because of maybe poor choices or because of the stresses. And sometimes it's not real easy to be patient with a person that is struggling mentally, is it? But that's the exact time that we need God's work in our heart, to be more patient. Because if we become angry with a person that maybe has memory problems, or a person that has mental problems, it's only gonna escalate the situation. And so we need to remember, sure, there is a time, like it says here, to warn those who are disruptive, to encourage those, but with everybody, and especially those who are weak, we're to be patient. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 23 through verse 25, it says, avoid foolish and ignorant disputes knowing that they generate strife. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. And then look how I highlighted a few of the words. A servant of the Lord must be patient. Do you see that? So God wants us to be like him. It says, avoid foolish and ignorant disputes. Uh, some of you, you're watching or listening to podcasts or watching uh, aspects of the news. And it's almost like those people just want a conflict. And then I hear certain people repeating those same type of things. But God says, hey, avoid those foolish and ignorant disputes because they generate, dis they generate strife. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, meaning not get into arguments, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient. I like that. Um, 
Are you a servant of the Lord? Are you willing to serve him with his character? Be gentle, able to teach, patient. So first, we're patient with people. Next, we're patient in challenges, or meaning difficult circumstances. And um, it's hard sometimes to be patient in challenges, isn't it? Uh, We want the challenge to be over. We want the immediate uh, reward or satisfaction. But here in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 4, Paul's actually boasting of the faith of the people in Thessalonica. He said, your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations. So he says, I'm recognizing that you guys have been really patient in persecution and tribulation. Most of us, we've never experienced true persecution where someone is against us physically because of our faith. But in Romans 12, verse 12, it says, Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfast in prayer. And I think that's something that we need to see, right? When we're in difficult circumstances, our prayers need to get more sincere, more focused, so that we can be patient in tribulation. And then the last is patient as we wait for the Lord's return. Um, I am so excited about Jesus coming, and I think it's very soon, right? There's enemies that are starting to gather around Israel that indicate that we're much closer than probably most of us think. The Lord is coming, but many people throughout history have been waiting for the Lord's return, and they didn't see it. But we have to be patient. And Jesus himself, he says, by patience, by patient endurance, you will gain your souls. So he's talking to people that we're going to go through physical persecution. And he says, basically, endure and you will possess your soul. Meaning, uh, you might not endure with your physical body, but you will endure in your soul and your spirit. They will be protected. Jesus talking about the end times, he said, Take heed to yourselves, or pay attention how you live. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you might be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. So, uh, Paul, he prays for the people in uh, the church in Colossae. He says, for this reason, we do not cease to pray for you, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long suffering with joy. So that's also another test, isn't it? Maybe you're patient, but do you have joy in it? Um, And you can pray for people that are going through difficulties, that they would be strengthened with all of God's might, according to his power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy. The fruit of the Spirit is patience. Let's remember that he wants to work that in our lives through his power and for his glory. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you. We need you. And especially in this area, so many of us, we fail, we struggle, but Ultimately, we need to trust you. We need to rely upon your power. And we need to see you by your spirit transform us more into the image of Jesus. Help us, Lord, to be patient with people. Help us to be patient when we're in difficult circumstances. And help us to be patient for your coming, knowing that the time is near. 
And help us, Lord, to look up, lift up our heads as we see these things come to pass, waiting for your redemption. We commit ourselves to you and we ask for your help. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.